Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Wednesday, December the 7th. Quick check there. And I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. And I'm joined today once again by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW and Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald Twitter handle. Morning, gentlemen. How are we all doing? Not bad, Tony. Aye, yourself? Indeed, yes. First throws of ice on the grass and stuff this morning and East School Brides getting I cold. That. I did that yesterday in my kitchen. You did indeed, <laughs> getting cold. Now, unfortunately, the three of us are not in the Algarve, unlike yeah. the leather belts and maybe a bit warmer over there, Shawnee. Just a tad, I think. Uh... Indeed. Now, first things first, I'll direct you to the ticker tape running along the bottom. Subscribe to the Celtic Way. And support top quality journalism covering the club you love. We've got a deal, always got a deal. This is our Merry Christmas deal, as I say, our December deal. It's a pound for two months of full access for everything that's written on the pod, or you can enjoy 25% off the yearly price, which takes it to £26, which is a bargain in itself. So all you have to do is hit that subscribe button, guys, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. A bargain, gentlemen, and it's always a bargain when the three of us are on the pod as well. Some would say aye, some would say. <laughs> or the briefing, whatever you want to call it, yes, we'll call it the briefing of the Celtic Way briefing. Yeah, indeed, Sean, some would say that, some wouldn't, but there you have it. Well, gentlemen, Celtic are in the Algarve. They are uh, yep. warming up for the recommencement of domestic football. And they will play a game against Wren on Saturday. Hopefully, Callum McGregor gets some minutes in that. But I think they arrived yesterday in in the Algarve. Lucky for some, Sean, isn't it? But it's all it's been all very coat and dagger and <laughs> all kind of under the radar. This particular trip, unlike the the Australian trip, which was much heralded. But this is a wee bit more of a low key affair, isn't it? As I uh, speaking of heating up, they are warming up. Michael Ross could run saying, hope your heating's working, Sean. It is not. It's not working. So so uh, me, my wife, my baby and my dog have already canted up to my mum's house because it's absolutely freezing. Um, but no, in terms of the Algarve, Tony, uh, yep, they flew out yesterday or they flew out already anyway for some warm-weather training and then a behind-closed-doors friendly against Ren on Saturday, which the club has, let's say, been reluctant to comment on. Ren announced it. Uh, yes. Celtic haven't really... Gave it any sort of mention whatsoever. Um, the understanding is that it won't be broadcast, but until the club confirm one way or another, you, you just never know, I suppose. Um, but in terms of Callum McGregor, I think that's that's the main kind of that's the main storyline from this, isn't it? See how how far his his recovery has stepped up, how far it's progressed. Um, it's not the end of the world, I would I would say, if it's only maybe ten minutes in this rain game, or he's even just there for the training as long as he's there for the training like he was in uh, Australia. But Indeed. Matt O'Reilly can still play in that role to good effect, as we've seen uh, in that kind of run of 11-12 games that, that McGregor's been out. And there's a clutch of games to come from next Saturday when they go to Pataudry. And as I said last week, I think it was, I'd be looking at probably minimal game time at Pataudry, maybe even against Livingston, unless he's really flying. Don't get me wrong, unless he's really flying and he's, he's totally ready. Uh, and then maybe look to step it up against St Johnston and Hibs ahead of that New Year derby. Aidan, can you see the benefit of going to the Algarve? <coughs> Sean pointed out the biggest benefit there, trying to get Callum McGregor game time in some minutes. Is that 
that beneficial for you from a Celtic perspective? Definitely. I mean, being able to get the captain back as soon as possible should be one of the sort of main aims for the medical team. So if, if that's uh, going to help him, then I'm all for it. It would be great if he could get some minutes in this friendly and then maybe across the first few games with, as we discussed last week, I think it was, hopefully by the time Celtic are going to play Rangers at Ibrox, he's near enough back to his sort of best. So yeah, in, in terms of that aspect, I think it's well worthwhile if he's going to be getting some minutes, Tony, definitely. Good. Guys, get your questions fired into the comments section. Uh, we're going to have a wee Q&A as well and we'll endeavour to answer them as best as we can. We've got one we can ask right away, Tony. I think you've probably spotted it there. First of all, first one wasn't a question. It was um, warning, warning, wardrobe overload. And that is because Robert comes back in and says, Sean, is that a wardrobe behind you? It is a wardrobe behind me. Unfortunately, according to JP, it's not Tony's wardrobe. Uh, it's not the wardrobe, but it is our wardrobe. We have a wardrobe wars, Aiden. Wardrobe wars. I'm feeling left out. I've not got a wardrobe. Aiden's just, just got a picture behind him. Yeah, yes. Indeed. Are you feeling left out, son? Well, you know what to do. Get to a wardrobe near you for the future. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, so as I say, get your questions coming in the comment section and the three amigos or the three studies, Larry, Curley, and Mo, will do our best to uh, <laughs> endeavour to answer them if that's. Hey, John Hill person. coming in, Tony, with. Uh, yep. Just a bit, of, a bit of context, a bit of perspective, saying no need to rush McGregor. We have a squad to cover injuries now, thanks to Ange. And Andrew Galea kind of echoing that, saying what we've learned is McGregor doesn't have to play every minute of every game, which was always the, that was always the key question, wasn't it, Tony? It was yes. always, it's all good saying rotation, 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 but when is McGregor actually going to get rotated unless he's injured? Obviously, yeah. it, was when it, it was when he got injured. Um, but I think that O'Reilly can cover that technical aspect of it to a great extent. Maybe not, still not quite, obviously, given age and experience, Eric, not quite the McGregor level, because nobody is. But given that he can fill in that gap for extended periods, he's right, isn't he? You shouldn't be, be looking at McGregor to play every minute of every game. Of course, and I think the manager will have that well in hand, Aidan. I don't think he would be the type to rush McGregor back at all and just introduce him, as Sean said there, with minutes here and there and mm-hmm. the Aberdeen game, Livingston game. Obviously, with... Have you to go into Ibrooks on January the second? I think that's the one that you would obviously want him as a certain starter. But if he's not ready, he's not ready. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll rush him back. It was just obviously based off Andrew's mm. comments. I think it was just before uh, Celtic played Ross County in that last match of, of the domestic season before the World Cup break, and then over in Australia, he was talking as if to say that he's not that far away. So based off that fact. I assume that he's hopefully going to be getting some minutes in the near future, but I do I do agree with what the commenters are saying. You don't want to be, you know, putting him at risk of a further injury and keeps him out even longer. So I'm sure the medical staff and Andrew will manage McGregor's minutes. Even when he's back fully fit, I think going forward he'll not be playing every single game because obviously he's still in his peak years. He's not anywhere near the end of his career, but he is, you know, getting a wee bit older. So I don't think we're going all the way back to seeing him playing like the most minutes in Europe. No player should be, regardless of age or, you know, where they're at in their career. So, yeah, I think there'll be more management in these minutes going forward, definitely. Excellent. Now, Sean, something to come out of Josip Juranovic's run to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. It's taken another kind of, uh, well, it's moved forward slightly. Spanish reports saying that they're going to send a scouting or a delegation to scout him against Brazil. Uh, and yep. see what he does like 
against them, see how he performs against uh, Brazil, who a lots of people are tipping to go on and win the tournament. They were very impressive the other night against South Korea. But uh, that seems to have moved on a wee bit then. Atletico Madrid's interest is maybe firming up. I mean, there's been no nothing in terms of, of bids or anything like that, but maybe taking a keen eye and maybe want to see him perform against some of the best players in the world to see if that interest yeah. will be followed up with a concrete offer. Aye, um, aye, aye, I suppose I'd ask, <laughs> does, it, does it really change anything? Um, the reported interest means since the summer, obviously the reported interest since the summer, means they likely have a scout report already and this is just like a follow-up yeah. one. The fact it's against Brazil though, and probably yeah. directly up against your man Vinicius Junior, Tony, uh, yeah. could swing it one way or the other for him though, you, you'd imagine. He's played Vinicius Junior before, Aidan. Yeah. <laughs> Aye, uh, it's obviously not an easy, easy game for him uh, that night, as it as it wouldn't be for any player. But obviously, the interest does seem to develop a wee bit more. So we'll, we'll just need to wait and see. I mean, is that an indication for you, Sean? That you know that if all parties are, you know, agreeable, that a deal could be struck. Does that indicate to you, or do you still see it as? You just said there, nothing much has changed, but is it kind of the, the scales and the balance tipping slightly towards Juranovic heading for the exit door, given the fact that Johnston uh, came in as well and there's been this talk since the summer? The context of Alistair Johnston arriving suggests that, that at the very least Celtic are very much open to to, to, yeah. to selling Juranovic if an offer comes in that they, they deem is acceptable. So, But then again, I, I would have argued that would have been the same at any point with mostly... Well, pretty much any player, if, a, if an acceptable bid comes in, Celtic will listen to it. It just depends what, what constitutes an acceptable bid, I suppose. Um, so in terms of this, this uh, I think it's El Gaul report. Um, yes, I don't think it really changes anything in terms of it's not a new club, it's not a thing. But saying that they want a scout report on this game, I suppose at the very least it could uh, it could move it on slightly. Now, Aidan, if he feels better against Vinicius Junior this time, do you think that could seal a deal or do you still see him staying there? You're you're very much a kind of player might stay to the end of the season and learn now. So Johnson could learn the same way that Matt O'Reilly learned off Tom Rogic for that kind of six months. You still in that camp? Do you still think he'll stay or do you see him moving on? I think if it's a good performance against Finesse's Junior, then it's going to be quite hard to keep a hold of him, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, obviously, I've mentioned before that I'm a big fan of Iranovic and I know that he has struggled at times this season, but I think it would be good if he was able to stay even to the summer window, just as for like that example you highlighted with sort of Roderick O'Reilly, him and Johnson, him and Ralston, etc., to give uh, Johnson a wee bit more time to bed in. But I understand, obviously, that's the ideal scenario. Things don't always work out like that. But if he, if he has a really good performance against Brazil, then, yeah, it's going to make it even more difficult to keep him. Now, Aidan said that he, that Juranovic would remain the penalty taker at Celtic because he's done nothing wrong. Didn't see him step up to the plate the other night when Croatia went to penalties. I thought he'd have been one of the first to take one, but no, he I'm didn't. Sure, sure, sure he'll be the next one, Aidan, isn't it? No, sure he'll be the next name on the list. Uh, I just need to wait and see that one, Tony. I mean, I didn't want to bring up anything else about the World Cup, but... Yeah. By the way, speaking of the World Cup and speaking of penalties, did you see um, Akram Hakimi last yes, night? Fair yes. play. Yes. And then King Spain out of the last 16. Pity um, 
Pretty none of us took Morocco for the dark horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, showed some bottle to do that, Sean. But I guess great players have confidence in themselves and. You do that. I think Juranovic did that his first penalty. Of course, yeah, Aiden's right in there with a Juranovic yeah. penalty. Did it <laughs> Real, Real Betis? So you know, it's, uh, it's how you feel. Uh, how you feel about penalties, isn't it? Plus, Yakimakis is a penalty taker anyway. Remember, <laughs> that's what, uh, that's what saying. What's that? Four out of fourteen. He's missed, I believe, Sean. Is that right? I can't remember. Maybe it's time I dove into it again. There's yeah, the same too far away, Tony, to be fair. Nah, he's finished so 10 good. out of 14 and missed four, but hey, there, there you have it. Just don't go bottom left, you're just don't go bottom uh, left. Well, he likes the bottom left, doesn't he? And that's the problem. Well, he likes to go there, but he misses it when he goes there. So. Yes. Now, speaking of Juranovic up against Vinicius Junior, yes, played him before in the Champions League, Sean, I think it was, was it Michael Ross that asked you it to was Michael Ross, yeah. Yep. Champions League power rankings, which you did, and you put it on the website and you put it on in the comment section there. And you want to have a read at this, guys. It's, it's excellent. It's an excellent piece of writing and just brilliant use of the stats. And um, what's your takeaways from that, Sean? In general, um, <laughs> the main takeaway is there's the more the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> I suppose because uh, Big Carter Vickers is top of this one as well. Um, yeah. I don't know if either of you would be surprised by that, but yeah. um, for those of you who subscribe to the newsletter, which is free by the way, um, you shall have read this last night. But everyone else that's on the website today, and the links in the comments there, um, each player has a wee Champions League standout stat accompanying their entry. Um, like the big power rankings, we won't spend too much time on this one, like the big ones, but like the proper ones. Uh, but I thought I'd throw it up anyway because it was, after all, of Michael Ross, a viewer of the podcast, that I, or a viewer of the, the briefing that, that asked, um, could I separate out the Champions League only marks? Um, so I thought right, I'll, do it. I'll do it as a newsletter. Um, the cutoff for the proper one was 20% of all competitive minutes. The cutoff for this one, because it's only six games that you could have played, uh, it was 25% of all Champions League group stage minutes which meant David Turnbull didn't make it and James Forrest didn't make it. For instance, there was other players that were further away from making it naturally that didn't play at all, for instance. Uh, so 15 players made it. Uh, Tony, you were saying you found it interesting that four players played every single minute. Do you remember yes. who they were? Uh, Joe Hart, Morris yep. Jentz, Greg yep. Taylor and uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Nope, Yaranovic. Yeah, yeah, but Hart, Yaranovic, Taylor, Jens played every minute, yeah. all 572 when you take in stoppage time and all that. Um, but six players played in every game. Sorry, six players. I'm not, sorry, a further one, two, three, four, five players played in every every game. So Hatate, O'Reilly, Haksabanovic, Yakimakis, and Maida all made six appearances, albeit not all starts. But that was the kind of, that was the final. The final rankings, which I think Hatate will probably surprise most that he's he's quite low down, but he had a couple of eights and then he wasn't wasn't particularly start a standout player after that. Um is anybody catching your eye, Aiden? But for, for better or for worse? Uh yeah, it's probably quite similar to how I was going to expect in terms of particularly that top half. Obviously, I do know that even though he might have struggled at times, Jens did uh play pretty much every minute so I did kind of expect him to be up there. I think overall it's probably relative as I thought it would be Sean uh, particularly given obviously the, the previous power rankings that you did recently so I wouldn't say anybody really stands out that much just once again you know Carter Vickers as Tony says he's always an 8 or a 9 isn't he so 
it's not really surprised to see him up front. But note to self, Sean, there'll be a quiz about this kind of thing later in the season. Uh, probably will be. Yep, I can see Sean giving it his kind of yes, rubbing his hands there. So uh-huh. uh, absorb as much information as you can from it before it disappears uh, and take it in. Uh, so yeah, but no, I uh, I don't know. I, I, the, the top kind of six for me would be well, maybe with the exception of Hatati, possibly. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm kind of I'm quite happy with the top eight. To be fair, yeah. I, I thought um, I thought Taylor might have been a bit higher up. I'm like a broken record saying that, but I did I did think he was a bit higher because he was very consistent in the Champions League this year. I thought um, Real Madrid game aside, but then. Everybody that played in the Real Madrid game was was not getting the best of marks, really, the second Real Madrid game. Um, mm. So that should have kind of evened that out. But I, I feel um, the ones that benefited from missing games, I suppose, probably Carter Vickers, Jota and, uh, and McGregor. Because Carter Vickers missed two games. Obviously never played in that last Real Madrid game. But played well in every other game that he played. <coughs> um, Jota had, uh, obviously had a sub-appearance against Real Madrid. Uh, but... Callum McGregor played in only the first three and got injured in the third one, but he still met the minutes threshold as he did in the, the big power rankings for the, the competitive yeah. minutes. It wasn't actually that close either. It, it, same with Mc, as always with McGregor, you don't you don't drop him. He needs to be injured for him about the team, really. Uh, so he met the minutes threshold comfortably. Um, he obviously got injured in the Leipzig game, but the two games before that, he carried good marks and, and that kind of shot him up. Uh, Kyogo surprised you, Tony, considering that he, he missed a few chances. Maida, who famously missed the best chances is away down in 11th there. Kyogo, obviously, yeah. does, does that suggest to use performances actually with the chances missed were actually quite good? But Kyogo, you know, that that was the kind of dichotomy with Kyogo in the Champions League. His actual performances weren't bad because he was still making the runs and getting into positions, but he missed chances, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And I think that was a kind of glaring start from his Champions League uh, uh, displays. That he had no goals in the six games, but he had chances to score. But Real Madrid game apart, I don't think you could kind of level the fact that he, he didn't have many bad games in, in terms of performance. He, he he shone up okay, didn't he, with these average ratings, I think. Yeah, plus there was that game he played in the uh, kind of midfield. Yes. And I, I did the ratings in that game and, and I think somebody did say I gave them I gave them too high a rating. But I, I was kinda accounting for the fact that he was he was playing out of position. I thought I thought he did quite well. Yeah. Um, but I it's uh, it's it's almost a bit of fun. It was uh it was fulfilling yeah. Michael's request. So I thought I'll do it as a newsletter. It's not got like in the in the, the big rankings that I, that I keep calling them the, the proper power rankings that we award the player of the season from and all that. Every every player's got a wee write up some stats, maybe some graphics, some stats, stats bomb, all that kind of stuff. And this one, because it was kind of a bonus entry, rather than a blob of, of as I say, I've included a wee standout stat from the from just the Champions League games uh, from Y Scout. So yeah, it's there. It's in the comments. It's on the website. So give it a wee read. I I, I think Eden as a kind of an isolation because that was almost like that was a Champions League kind of season, wasn't it? So you take that in isolation, and that's it was a good thing to do. It was a worthwhile exercise to com- compile the power rankings for that. Yeah, no, it was it was interesting just to see it as a, in a sort of smaller sample size. Just when uh, you mentioned Kyogo, just to touch on that, obviously he did miss a few chances, but I think his performances overall do justify him being in that sort of top five. 
such as he obviously got an assist uh, for Jota's goal away to Leipzig, etc. So he was still contributing and uh, making the right runs, getting in the good positions and that. So even though he's maybe finishing wasn't up to scratch, overall, uh, I would say he still deserves his position. Now, yesterday, we mentioned the Celtic B team, didn't we, guys? Uh, and what do we do? Yeah. We put the commentators, cuss the hex, the jinx, call it what you like, Indian sign on them as they lost to Berwick Rangers last night, Aidan, didn't they? 3-1. And we were telling them that everybody, telling everybody that they were ticking along nicely and all going well. Crash, bang, wallop. What a picture, Aidan. What happened? Uh, well, <laughs> they lost 3-1, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happened. Uh, well, there you have it, eh? They couldn't score as many as the opposition. That's yeah, it wasn't. Uh, you need to... Uh, score to win games. It's interesting that one, but I, yeah, obviously it was was not an ideal performance from the Celtic B team. I mean, it doesn't affect their standing that much. They're still they're sitting third still in the Lowland League, so it's obviously still a lot to play for. We know they, they can't get promoted, but just in terms of, I said I'd want to try and you know be top of the tree coming into the season. Mm-hmm. It's not really affected their standing that much, but they'll be a bit disappointing. And of course, obviously after we were talking them up for. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Gibson 1-3 mystery solved <laughs> Aye, pretty much uh, Yeah, so we'll just If we don't talk about the V team for a few months now Then I'm sure they'll be fine but. Cowden Beef next up on Saturday, Tony What's that? It's Cowden Beef next up for them on Saturday I think it is And that is of course a team that we mentioned yesterday In terms of them plummeting from the championship To yes. the bottom five of the Lowland League which I'm now beginning to think, I'm hoping that we've not jinxed the B-team boys a second time by mentioning that. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't yeah. make it up, could you? We kind of focus on the B-team and they go and lose. You, you just thought, honest to goodness, it was there. Uh, yes, Tam Mac, he's jinxed them all right, we did indeed. But there you have it, these things happen, don't they? But yes, hopefully, as Aidan says, next time we mention them all, we give them a, a good writer. They still continue to do well. But yep. I can't believe the fact that we brought it up yesterday and saying things were hunky-dory and all of a sudden they lose. But there you go. Now, something else that came out overnight or was, was Cho. Cho's father actually came out in the press and spoke. I think you wrote a piece on it, Aidan, did you not, about the fact that uh, his father has told him to pick a team in Europe that suits his style rather than a big name. And lots of people are putting two and two together, coming up with five and four and whatever you want to. Celtic take both those boxes, yeah. in, did they not? Yes, <laughs> that was the the dot 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 joining the dot. Sean, that was the subtext to that about you know he, he told him to go to a team and develop as mm-hmm. a player and all that kind of stuff. So having ruled out Galatasaray and Ren, Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce, sorry, yeah, that that all the roads were pointing to Celtic, Aiden. Do you go along with that? Would does that give you a bit more confidence? Do you think can you see that happening, or do you think his father was just saying, "Well, these two are out of the picture, but there are others in the frame"? Uh, obviously, when you see comments like that, you do kind of just put two and two together, and it Celtic do fit that profile exactly of what his uh, father described. Of if, if those comments obviously kind of chime in with what his representatives were saying. Uh, a couple of days ago, I think that was mm-hmm. that there's been interest from the European clubs, and so I think it's going to move on from 
the K League, it's probably going to be to a club in Europe. So obviously Celtic are in that exact bracket now. We don't know how many clubs are interested. There could be, you know, 10, 15, etc. But in terms of, you know, a team that's not a big name that he can sort of hone his, his craft for like a couple of seasons and then potentially move on again, Celtic would fit that sort of uh, exact project model. So it would be interesting that he definitely based off his stats and sort of brief uh, footage that I've seen at the World Cup. I know we kind of discussed you couldn't really judge him on the game against Brazil because that was really tough in none of the the players for South Korea were able to get involved in the game that much. But he obviously get his goals against Ghana and the other times when he came on, he, he always looked relatively dangerous. So I would be happy if Celtic were to at least ask the question in regards to him, do you know what I mean? But anyway, it's gone. Yep, I, I mean, that, that kind of report yesterday from his dad, it was a sensible, sensible fatherly thing to say, I suppose. <laughs> um, basically, when you, uh, basically, when you go to Europe, don't just go for a name, pick a club that will suit the way you, you want to play football. I think that's a fair a fair and sensible thing to tell uh, to tell your son or to tell anybody that you're, you're giving advice to. But uh, what I will say is, remember, there's currently a scout report from Stuart Ross on the website on yeah. Joe. Uh, comparing him with another striking target, Saeed Hamulich, um, which is well worth a read. Uh, I'll dig it out and put it in the comments just now. Uh, yep, that's it. Um, Tony, on the subject of transfers, I don't want to, we'll not spend too much on it because we talked about it yesterday, but Sean Corrin's coming in just saying, uh, guys, what about the Al Ackley midfielder who was supposed to be interested in, Mohamed Magdi? Uh, we kind of touched on him yesterday. I admitted, I think, if it does mm-hmm. grow arms and legs more than what it has in the last few days, then I think it's an exciting signing. The club he's coming from excites me. That kind of thing, his, his record in the AFC Champions League excites me. Um, I don't think there's any update today, is there? Have I missed anything? No, I don't think so. Not not that I'm aware of, but hey, Aidan, have you noticed anything? No, not not this morning. Uh, before logging on, I hadn't seen anything unless something's broke about it since we sort of came on air type thing. But yeah, obviously we did touch on it yesterday. He's another one that looks a really, really exciting prospect and if there becomes more sort of concrete interest, that would be another really positive signing to boost the quality of the squad. Any other questions, Sean? Any comments coming in here? Uh, I'm just going to throw one up from Kaiser just because just I find it quite amusing. He says, Bella Cho, he already has a song. I like that. Kaiser also says his heating broke last night. I've got my sympathies. It's no, it's no laughing matter. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of comments. Uh, more, more comments than, than questions, although there is a question here. Kirsty O'Connor. Uh, a bit doom and gloom here. Who are you all going to miss most at the end of the season, she says? I'll let you know, Kirsty, when uh, <laughs> when, when that, actually leaves. that exit door revolves and somebody actually leaves. Yeah, yeah. At this moment in time, I'm just praying that they all stay. And Ange works his magic and tells them all to stay, and they get into the Champions League and have another crack at it. And and then after that, I'd, I'd start worrying if that uh, eventuality happens. But if I was being then, glib, I suppose I could say Michael Beal, but that would be that would be that would be very very cheeky. That's very, very glib. <laughs> Aidan, you you answering the question or are you you taking the taking the pleading the fifth, like Tony? There, I think I'll plead the fifth, and I don't uh, think I'll repeat your comment, Sean. No. A couple other comments. Uh, JP came in saying he's a bit of an anorak and he loves the stat stuff uh, that he gets on the Celtic way. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, and John Boyd comes in saying. Great show as usual, guys. Merry Christmas to you all and yourself, John. 
Uh, and Tony, it's time to take a wee koala bear out of the wardrobe. Remember, a koala is not just for Christmas, he says. Oh, there you go. The intrigue about the wardrobe, something else, isn't it? One day, I promise I will, I'll dig the Super Striker and I'll, I'll let you see it in all its splendour and glory. In fact, you know what we should have? We should have a Celtic Way uh, tournament, Sean, with the three with of Super us. Striker. Super Striker tournament. Right. I think that's what should happen. What do you think, Aidan? If we go, well, it's that home and away leg. Then if you if we play you at Super Striker, oh. you've got to play us at FIFA. Nah, it was that's fine. Well, Kit, fair enough. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, declare myself. I'll finish in the bronze medal position at FIFA right now. So there you go. Uh, but hey, Super Striker. I think he's up against it, chaps. Analog versus digital, Aidan, isn't it? Direct your window. <laughs> I'd have to struggle at both of them, to be honest. But. <laughs> To compile the power rankings on that one, Aidan. That'd be great fun. <laughs> yeah, but yes, never open the wardrobe. Never open the wardrobe and criminate yourself, Tony. Put you the first girl in there. Yes, indeed. But no, uh, the the clock ticks down to domestic football returning. We can't wait, guys. It's uh, been a yep. it's been a while. It's you know we're we're missing it, aren't we? We're missing our diet well. of of regular domestic football. But as Sean's just put up one more than a podcast, and I direct you to the ticker tape at the bottom of your screen. You subscribe. We've got a December deal going on. Merry Christmas deal. You get 25% off for limited time of the yearly subscription rate, which takes it to £26. It's a great bargain. And a pound for two months of full access to everything that's written on the, written on the website. And Kev McKenna's done a, an opinion piece today, hasn't he, Sean? Yes, Kevin McKenna on Celtic is what I keep calling it these days. It's kind of because, um, one, it's good for the, the search engine, but also, two, because it's Kevin McKenna writing on Celtic. Uh, so he, he's been doing his column the last couple of weeks on, because there's no actual football, well, no, no Celtic football, he's been doing it on a couple of topics at a time. Uh, so this week he, he covers... Peter Lawwell's return, which is the the kind of which is the main the main thing. Uh, Peter Lawwell's return. Um, he met well. He, he seen Ian Maxwell, friend of the show, I'm sure. Uh, Ian Maxwell, uh, Scottish uh, Scottish football, and he heard that he was asked about VAR, so he kind of asked the question. Have Celtic had any answers whatsoever about the the implementation of VAR? Well, there's been a break. Um, he then moves on to talking about Scotland at a World Cup and why he feels they're not actually that close to getting back to that kind of promised land. Uh, it might have something to do with the agricultural style of football practice in the country, he feels. Uh, and then he rounds it off with a wee, a wee ditty on Ange Postacoglu and the almost, I think you used this term for him as well, Tony, but the statesman-like presence that he, that he has as the kind of leader of Celtic Football Club in terms of the way that he, he one, doesn't let anybody away with anything but also two isn't willingly offering up boasts. Um and I think there's there's maybe things in elsewhere in the media that prompted that from Kevin as well that to prompted him to draw that comparison. So I, I've put the link in the comments. Kevin's column's always worth a read. It covers a couple of different topics as a as I say, including Peter Lowell's return. <laughs> well, as you can see, you can read all that on the website and hit the subscribe button, guys, and join us. www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe a short one today gentlemen shorter yep. than hey it's over half an hour you can always 
talk at length about Celtic, but <laughs> Celtic uh, continue their kind of build up in the Algarve to domestic football coming back. They're in hot climbs. We're not, sadly. We're freezing back here. Sean's particularly freezing because his heating's packed in. But here's hoping he warms up, Aidan. I'm looking at your hoodie, Aidan, and thinking it's cold down where you are as well. Yeah, I mean, it's always cold down here, to be honest. So, <laughs> so I, I had my hoodies on in the summer, Tony. So, uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Guys, thanks for your uh, contribution today. Always appreciate it. First class, yeah. Aidan. Terrific, yes. Sean. Thanks for the comments, guys, and your questions as well. Hope we did our best to answer them as fully as we could. We'll no mention the B team in case we jinx them. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. See where they finish at the, at the end of the season. But troops, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Same time. Yep. Same back channel, 10 o'clock. Oh, thereabouts. <laughs> thereabouts. <laughs> Give ourselves that out. But thanks for everything, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Cheers, Cheers guys. Tony. Cheers, Aidan. Cheers, guys.